I know I don't know much about you. Racing through my head, all thoughts about you. Yeah, you know I never try to hurt you. You know, and I hate to see you go. Yeah, I got something to say. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Podchat Show. It's an NBA edition because the sport. Um, I'm joined here by. Quinn Kaiser, uh, my favorite 2K playing buddy. How's it going, Quinn? It's going super well. Congrats to, to Giannis being announced the 2K cover athlete. Uh, have you hit the pre-order button yet? I have not, but not only is it great that Giannis is on the cover, it's a great cover in general. I like like the uh, the graffiti in the background. Um, it's just fantastic. It's a good cover. Everybody should cop it. Oh, absolutely! Actually, do you mind if we just dive into some some two K uh, some Giannis talk here? Why not? He's the yeah. best. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, let's talk about it. Giannis is a MVP contender already. Oh, absolutely! And not only do I love the cover so far, the marketing that they put out for Giannis as the two K cover athlete has been awesome. Um, if you like NBA two K uh, and like video game trailers, um, go check it out. It's Giannis' mom talking about basically him growing up in Greece and coming over to become the best basketball player ever. Um, it's pretty emotional uh, as a Bucks fan and a Giannis fan. Um, the rise of Giannis has been amazing, and I'm glad that he's getting a national stage. It kind of started with that 60 Minutes piece. Um, you might remember it because it was also the uh, Stormy Daniels 60 Minutes night. Um, but... I think Giannis stole the show there uh, after dunking over Tim Hardaway uh, in Madison Square Garden. And it's just continued. Uh, he deserves it all. Yeah, I mean, Giannis is just such a a cool, um, humble dude. Like, he's super relatable. Um, is he the first European player to grace the cover of 2K? I can't recall if, uh, like, Dirk back in the day, maybe. I, but that doesn't seem likely. Um, uh, no, that does not seem likely to me at all either. Um, definitely hasn't been on, or any any European guys have not been on any of the recent covers. Um, I think I've only been playing 2K for like the last six years. And before that, when I was a young chap, I was playing that NBA Live. Yeah, um, I was on the live train. Uh, to be fair, I think 2K went away for a little while with their basketball games. I'm not that's that's true, certain, but it might have been just me not paying attention and playing NBA Live because uh, <laughs> Dwayne Wade was on the like 05 cover or something like that. Didn't know any better. It's all right. I, I think <laughs> I got a T Mac um, <laughs> NBA oh. Live. So Raptors, Magic, or Rockets? Probably Rockets, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. But what could have been for T Mac? What was? Oh man, love me some T Mac. Uh, he was so yeah, he was still pretty great. Um, but yeah, Giannis two K cover. Um, hopefully the that won't be the the highlight of the Bucks season and some exciting stuff gonna happen yet. Oh wow, the gloom. <laughs> I know. There's so much depressing doubt in your voice there. <laughs> I'm hoping there there can be some addition by subtraction that happens with the Bucks. Um, not a whole lot of 
roster changes. I mean, it doesn't look like they're going to re-sign Jabari Parker, at least. Um, even though I, I felt like Jabari showed some promise towards the end of the year um, when he actually was allowed to play. Um, uh, Thon McCare is just out here kneeing dudes in the head. Um so I'm I'm not sure <laughs> what is going to um, happen with Thon. Um, Chris Middleton, I think he's a free agent next year. So he he's probably I don't know he's probably like a free agent going to the Knicks or something next year with KD. Um, yeah, I, I'm very very pessimistic about the Bucks' long term plans, especially after uh, dishing out that money to Ursan uh, at midnight uh, to open up the free agency. Um, Three years, uh, way too much money, and um, I did like the Brook Lopez move, but um, I still have that sour taste from Ursan. I was really excited when they traded Ursan Ilyasova <laughs> because he had a terrible contract and he just wasn't good enough to play for the Bucks, and now all of a sudden they bring him back with another three-year deal, and in a year and a half, we're going to be saying, okay, they need to get rid of Ursan Ilyasova $7 million. Um, same can be said with John Henson, who doesn't really have a role on the team anymore, and Matthew Delvadova, who I'm not sure if they even bring him to games anymore or if he's still around. He's just... No, I think they um, they stretched his salary out and, and might have cut him. So. Well, there's... Whether it's Ursan or Del Vadova, they just really like rewarding those guys who have good playoff runs and just bringing them in, paying them tons of money when they should be. Honestly, they should be taking care of somebody like Parker. I still think he's got a lot of a lot of life in him. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think the fit was there with Parker and Giannis. Um, I would have hoped that they could have worked out a, a trade uh, to somebody. Um, Kind of would have even liked uh, just just throwing things out, sending Parker back home to Chicago if they could have gotten a trade for like a, a Zach Levine. I would have been happier uh, bringing in another guard like that. Um, but yeah, the Bucks are not in a great state, uh, in my opinion. But I've been wrong before. Are they in the Kawhi sweepstakes? The Kawhi Jinx? The the Bulls? No, the Bucks. Oh, um, I would say no. Uh. Sorry, okay. I don't think they have any of the pieces unless they want to get Giannis. Uh, yeah, but can you imagine Giannis and Kawhi on the same team? That would be pretty freaky. No, no forward or guard in the league would be able to score. Um, but yeah, let, let's talk about the uh, the bigger free agent chips here. Um, first off, I have written down is LeBron James. Um He's gone, Cleveland. I'm sorry. You had an an okay run, resulted in one championship, which can't be all that sad about. Um, but he's going to Los Angeles for like $154 million. Uh, three years plus one with a player option, which I thought was pretty curious because um, that's a little bit longer of a deal than he usually goes for. Usually it's like a one-in-one or a two-in-one um, deal so he can – yeah, I mean, he's been the smartest player in any sport doing this, controlling his own destiny. Um, but LeBron going to L.A., you kind of thought a bunch of other dominoes would fall, but so far those only other dominoes are Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, and Lance Stevenson, which seems like a really confusing team chemistry cocktail. 
But um, what's what do you think is next for the Los Angeles Lake Show after they sign LeBron? Um, it sounds like they put the Kawhi talks on hold, um, which is okay. I think they're getting ripped off in any of those offers floated out there in the Twitter sphere. Um, I think they just they sit tight for this year. Uh, LeBron signed in for that three years. He's got the houses in LA. He's got the Blaze Pizza lining up down the block. Um, I think he's just ready to be in LA and living in LA. Um, an extra clause in his contract. I think he's got to pay him a little bit more now that he's a Laker. Um, not not saying he's going to take the year off. I mean, he's still LeBron James working towards that legacy. Um, wouldn't be surprised, though, if he just felt, I can get to the Western Conference Championship with the squad uh, as is. They want to make a deadline deal. Uh, I think they still have some counter space. Um, David's Caldwell Pope might say otherwise, but I think they've got some cap space for, for somebody who might come available um, like a veteran later in the season. Yeah, if I'm Magic Johnson, here was my, my pitch to LeBron James, if I can uh, get into my, my billionaire <laughs> businessman mindset. What I pitch to LeBron here is, okay, LeBron, you've been to the finals like 100 years in a row. You've played... <laughs> 15 seasons but when it all comes down to it the amount of minutes you've played have added like an additional two seasons onto your life so why don't we take it easy this season you know let's not grind out and try to battle our way into the finals only to fall short because we have a bunch of young guys and maybe one other superstar that we ended up trading for Let's take it a year off next year we have a ton of expirings going away everybody we all three of those guys they signed last year are basically able to come off the books in one way or another. And Dang comes off the books too. And Dang comes off the books because I was an albatross of a contract. And Kawhi's just going to be a free agent outright next year. Like there's no need to pull a New York Knicks and deal your entire roster for somebody that's just going to become a free agent next year anyway. I mean, sure, maybe the Spurs will want to pull the trigger in order to get at least a little bit for Kawhi Leonard, but this is a situation where the Lakers hold all the um, all the chips, basically, because everything you hear out of Kawhi's camp is that he wants to be in Los Angeles, he wants to be a Laker, unless, of course, the, the Spurs trade him, you know, to, like, I don't know. Ontario or something like some sort of Canadian basketball league team just out of spite but wait until you can get Kawhi Leonard next year then you start to make your run with a little bit more rested LeBron Kawhi Leonard outright you're still able to hold on to Brandon Ingram you got Lonzo Ball who's been studying the art of playmaking under LeBron James for an entire year and you still have Kyle Kuzma like that is a very solid lineup that they don't have to um they don't have to dismantle just for um, an extra year of Kawhi. And that's also part of why I think LeBron signed for four years plus one um, or three years plus one. Um, so he knows he's going to be there a little bit longer in this project. It's going to take longer to build. Um, I, when LeBron went back to Cleveland, I think we talked about this too. Like don't, trade Andrew Wiggins you know how much fun that could be with Andrew Wiggins being another wing on that team catching lobs from LeBron James and vice versa just having an athletic wing rather than the 
not as defensively apt, can't learn a whole lot from LeBron, Kevin Love on the team. So I think that's a, a little bit lesson learned here. Don't trade away Brandon Ingram. Don't trade away Lonzo Ball. Let them learn under LeBron James rather than flipping them for a superstar that you can get in a year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and none of those young guys' values are decreasing over this next year. Um, there will be trades in the next offseason. Uh, if they want to make those guys available, uh, I would love to see LeBron play out this season with with some youth and, and with some guys like Rondo uh, as well that we haven't really ever seen LeBron play with. Um, so it'll be a fun year in L.A., I think. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Ingram continues to trend upwards. Um, Kyle Kuzma was their best rookie last year, even with Lonzo Ball on the team. And when Lonzo was on the floor, he was putting up some really good statistical numbers. So um, don't break up the young core just to get a a, a weak playoff run because you don't know if Kawhi and LeBron is going to be enough to topple the Warriors. Maybe... Maybe Kawhi, LeBron, and Paul George in another year will be enough because Paul George, um, he only signed for one year. Was it one year? I thought he locked in the max. PG. No, he only they're only running it back for one. Um, I believe so. Might have to, to Google that. Might have to get our stats and um, information on that. Uh, speaking of... PG, why don't we just roll right into Paul George? Why did he resign with Oklahoma City? Um, that's a good question. It is a good question, isn't it? Because <laughs> Every- he likes, um, because he likes, um, likes Russell. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's really any other reason than that. Like, enjoy playing with Russell Westbrook. He's never played with anybody at that level. Um, that's true. I, I think that it starts and stops right there. You see Chris Paul and James Harden um, surrounded by a bunch of shooters give the Warriors a, a true test um, in the Western Conference Finals. And I would think that Russ and, and Paul George feeling themselves that why can't that be us? Um, and, and I think with the right supporting cast, it could be feasible to say that they could be a contender. I, I don't know if it'd be this year. They've got some of the cap situations, but Sam Presti has worked his way uh, into favorable situations before. Um, so I think it's really just that we have two stars here. Why, why break it up? We like each other. Let's do this. Yeah. I mean, I guess my confusion just stems from like the past two to three years. We've heard everything, even coming directly from Paul George, like that he wants to go home to California and he wants to play in L.A. and be a Laker. And granted, he didn't sign long term with the Oklahoma City Thunder, but he, he did. Woj Bob came in with the four year, one hundred and thirty seven million dollar with the player option. Oh, he did sign for the. OK, I thought it was for one year. That changes everything. That changes <laughs> literally everything. Um, so my next question with that is, does this change teams taking a flyer out on a superstar who may or may not re-sign with you um, after playing there for one year? Um, you know, betting betting on your team culture, betting on your 
maybe you have a superstar in there. Maybe, you know, New Orleans might want to look at bringing in somebody who is not guaranteed to re-sign. Um, does it I think it's definitely situation-dependent. Um, but situation-dependent that you already have a star there, like an Anthony Davis, like a, a Giannis, like even like Dame Lillard and, and CJ McCollum, uh, if you had to choose one of those, I think you need to have that guy. Um Sacramento's not going to be in a situation where they're going to keep somebody. Um, but I think you you have one star already. Um, and even in the Eastern Conference, pairing with the second star, even if it fits for a year, I think it'd be worth it. Uh, if you ask Milwaukee Bucks fans today, uh, if you go back to Milwaukee, but if you ask them today that would you want Kawhi Leonard for one year, no guarantees, or stay as is, I think you'd want to go all in for that one year. Um, as a small market team, this is your window. Like, why not? And and who knows, maybe that guy ends up loving your culture as well, or maybe he doesn't and he leaves and clears up some cap space for you um, when he leaves as well. But I, I see no reason not to for a, a few teams uh, in both conferences. If you already have one star pair, that second star, give it a run for a year. Go after the Warriors and see if you can resign. Yeah, I guess this is probably just a rare instance where it's a win-win for both teams that were involved with the Paul George trade. Um, Victor Oladipo, he's the the chosen son coming home to Indiana, and he's surprise is actually good when he gets a chance to have the ball in his hands. Um, and you know gets in phenomenal shape and then you know Oklahoma City gets their second star um I'm never quite certain whether Paul George can be the best player on a championship team but he could definitely be the second best player on a championship team um I I think that adds an interesting dynamic to stagger minutes with Russ Westbrook and Paul George um both running different units whether that's um you know Paul George and the newly signed Nerlens Noel sharing the floor and then Russ Westbrook and uh, Steven Adams sharing the floor or, you know, switch those pairings around. I think that's uh, a really interesting team. I still think they're missing a, a third guy, which I think they thought Carmelo could be, but Carmelo's not, I, I don't think Carmelo's washed. He's not washed yet. But I think he's just he was not built to play on a Russell Westbrook led team. I think Carmelo's washed. Hey, hey, no. Melo is not done yet. Uh, I don't even think Melo was the third best player on that team. Um... I said playmaker, <laughs> not third best player. Somebody, somebody else who can get buckets. Because when Paul George had to take over basically all the defensive. Um, all the defensive duties after um, oh, what's his face went down the one who can't shoot Robertson yeah after Robertson, Robertson after he went down then the offense kind of sputtered because Paul George was just too tired to create so they need a third guy um, was not Doug McDermott ever <laughs> <laughs> no um, I don't I don't think they have it but they uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with a different starting lineup than what it is right now. Um, I think that goes for a few teams. I think the Sixers are involved in that as well. 
Um, okay, see, um, I think the Rockets have a couple moves yet. Um, the Heat have been making some dark horse plays at guys like Melo. Um, Marcus Smart did accept his, uh, or, or looks to be accepting his restricted free agent offer um, from the Celtics, but I can see like another restricted free agent like that getting an offer somewhere um, and maybe being involved in the trade. Maybe Clint Capella gets a little deal and, and finds himself working his way to another squad outside of Houston. There are chips yet to fall, uh, and I think OKC uh, plays into those chips. So I'm hopeful that there will be another Western Conference competitor uh, rising up from the five to eight seed mesh right now. Yeah, um, that brings me um, kind of to a, a different point. I want to talk about um, one last um possible free agent but while we're here why don't we just talk about the best remaining free agents and maybe come up with a little off the cuff place of where they can land um so like this SB Nation list has Clint Capella um Isaiah Thomas Marcus Smart kind of um Jabari Parker D Wade still hasn't re-signed um Wayne Ellington Montrez Harrell who uh, is a pretty good energy guy. Uh, Rodney Hood, Jaleel Okafor, uh, maybe. Greg Monroe, Jamal Crawford still wants to play for some reason. Uh, a lot of decent guys that, you know, it, it's a fool's errand to try to build your championship team in July. But at the same time, there's still a lot of good guys left. Does Clint Capella re-up in Houston? Uh, I think it's looking to be headed that way, but I think it's going to be just on that restricted free agent one year um, offer sheet. Uh, I think they offered him like four years, uh, 60 million, and he's looking for four years, 100 million. Uh, if I did my math right, that doesn't equal. Uh, so I, I don't think that they're going to come close um, to getting a long-term deal done. And, and maybe that opens his way up to to somewhere else, uh, maybe Daryl Morey figures out a little trade action to, to bring somebody else in. Uh, I love Clint Capella. I think he should stay in Houston. Um, but that's a big money disparity between the two sides that could find his way out. Yeah, I, I really like Clint Capella too, but I think with a – a really big statistic guys like Daryl Morey, he might be seeing something a little bit of a trend around the league. And if I were to guess, it would be that athletic rim running big guys are not that difficult to find anymore. Um, there are a lot of guys that can do some of the same similar things that Clint Capella can do. Maybe not at the same um, level that Clint Capella is at, but, for the money that he wants, maybe they're thinking that uh, we can probably take some of his um, some of his uh, minutes, some of his stats, and they could be dispersed, you know, to to cheaper options. Basically, um, that would be my guess. But at the especially same- with when they played with like PJ Tucker at the five during the, the playoffs, I think there's a door there. I think they found maybe a, a little wrinkle. Um, their own little death lineup. Um, 
But I mean, Clint Capella is extremely good uh, at that pick and roll and on defense, rim protector. I think he is kind of hard to replace at his level, but maybe you can get some of that production. And if the Rockets plan to continue to just jack up a bunch of threes and, and play a little higher variance, uh, maybe that isn't as useful to their long-term plans. I mean, Michael Carter-Williams got a deal there, um, which makes me question everything. So we shall see. Um, I would love to see Clint Capella in another place too. Uh, maybe out east uh, on a competitor out there. Um, find a way to get a little more minutes, a little more highlights from the big man. Yeah, uh, in the Western Conference Finals, like whenever they would switch out Clint Capella onto somebody smaller, he it's not like he had cement feet and he was having trouble playing defense. He was actually really good. Um, you know, he was able to to switch and hold his own when he'd go up against some of the quicker uh, Warriors players. Uh, Houston is also starting to lose who I think were some pretty key players. Um, now Trevor Reza after his uh, Western conference game seven performance may be okay to lose at this point. But um, I thought if they were going to replace him with anybody, it was going to be with somebody who was already on the roster, Luke Mute. but he is going to be playing somewhere else next year. They still have PJ Tucker who um, after uh after Chris Paul went down with injury, I think he and uh, Clint Capella were duking it out for second best, you know, Rockets player as far as what they meant to that team. He he put in a lot of good minutes. Um, I don't know. Are the Rockets making that Carmelo deal? Uh, I hope not. It looks like maybe, but uh, I really hope not. Um, but I, I, as I said before, I'm kind of down on Melo. In it's a Playmaker for them. I think they could find some better shooters. Um, I don't know if they want to take the ball out of Harden or CP3's hands. CP3 can already kind of dribble there out and Harden a little bit too. Um, and I think it'd be odd to also add Melo in that mix, somebody who really needs the ball. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to question stars like CP3 and James Harden figuring out a, pl- a way to play with Carmelo. Um, I just don't think they're going to get hoodie mellow, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I I questioned whether Chris Paul and James Harden were going to fit together, but uh, then I came around to your style of thinking that just two really good players are going to figure out a way to get it done. Um, and if they're adding somebody like Carmelo Anthony, I think they're going to be able to figure out a way to make it work with him um, if he does go there. Um the, the thing I keep on going back to with uh, Carmelo Anthony is I don't think he's done just yet because I think he's at a point in his career where it's all about the situation for him. Um, so I think if he plays with some at least one other person from the Banana Boat crew, whether you know he and Dwayne Wade team up in Miami, that's a good fit for Melo because you know Dwayne Wade's not going to let Carmelo Anthony kind of you know, do Carmelo Anthony things, you know, pout and want the ball. Um, He's going to be in Miami. He's going to be in better shape because Miami is known for um, having their athletes be in really good physical condition. Just ask Deion Waiters. Um, If he goes to Houston, he'll be playing with 
banana boutique Chris Paul, um, another person who will literally get all up in Carmelo Anthony's chest if he uh, messes up or steps out of line, um, or if he goes to Los Angeles to play with his boy LeBron James. Um, I know that's something that they'd want to do. LeBron or Carmelo would love playing in Los Angeles, I'm sure. Um, another good situation, as opposed to the one he was in, where he was, you know, the third, fourth, fifth option in OKC, which was probably not a place that uh, Mello wanted to be in the first place, because you know he has he has those eyes for the big cities. Yeah, and I can even see him headed to like the Clippers, um, just being a, a star in LA. Um, Certainly would be second show to LeBron and the Lakers, but isn't that kind of what Melo is? Yeah, I mean, if I feel like if Melo doesn't play with one of those three guys, Banana Boat Crew, then he needs to be a really good sixth man. Like, he just needs to come off the bench. That's where he's at if he's not playing with them. Yes, sir. This is making me uh, really want to get after the next guy on that list after after Capella. Um, Isaiah Thomas? It is Isaiah Thomas. I, I see a lot of the same things as Carmelo here with Isaiah. Um, one being like kind of a hard guy to find a fit for. But I've got some fun ideas, I think. And one of those is the same situation with the Clippers. Um, just going and being a clipper and being the guy and maybe refining some of that magic from, from his Boston days and then giving that rock and just being Isaiah Thomas again. Um, other situations, could he back up Chris Paul? I kind of like it. I mean, maybe. Um, I, I mean, like, like I like when Chris Paul is on the bench that James <laughs> has the ball in his hands. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, but maybe you know when Chris Paul gets hurt and they just need Isaiah to go get a a fifteen footer, he can go get a fifteen footer and and keep him in a game when they're going over twenty seven from three. Um, I think it'd be interesting. Another one, uh, just throwing out maybe an interesting landing spot would be the Memphis Grizzlies. I realize that Mike Conley um, and Marcus Saul is kind of on the fence right now with what he wants to do there. He wants to play for a winner, but he wants to stay loyal. Maybe that helps him stay a little bit loyal uh, if they bring in another quote unquote star player um, who can maybe give them some solid minutes and put them into a seven, eight seed kind of situation um, instead of if Conley gets hurt or, Gasol gets hurt, they're just complete dumpster fire getting that what, fourth, fifth pick in draft. Yeah, I think for Isaiah Thomas, it's a little sad because you don't really know if he can ever reach that 2016-17 potential again. Um, I think for in order for him to lock onto an NBA team, it has to trying to put this delicately, it has to be an NBA team that's completely devoid of all-star talent. Um, it's a place where he can just get the ball and do the things that he was doing in Boston. Because Boston, I mean, yeah, they had Al Horford, but Al Horford is somebody who, I guess, doesn't need the offense to run through him. Um, even as a second option, Al Horford is just completely content being a third option. 
But um, one team that comes to mind, um, I think there have been rumors of trading their starting point guard. So maybe Isaiah Thomas can just come in and, you know, rejuvenate the fan base. And that's the Atlanta Hawks. Um, maybe sign Isaiah Thomas there. And if they're serious about getting uh, Denny Schroeder a new team, then they can feel super comfortable with trading him, knowing they have like somebody like Isaiah Thomas who can come in and uh, if you can, you know, reach those Boston Heights, you know, re-energize that crowd, um, maybe do some fun things with John Collins, um, take the ball out of Trey Young's hands. So Trey Young can be a, uh, a shooter that's, you know, working off screens or even run like a, a dual little guy playmaker set. I don't know, something like that. I, I just don't think Isaiah Thomas can step in on, say, trying to think of a, a, a team that's missing a point guard. See, that's another thing. Point guards are just super plentiful in the league. Like every team has, almost every team has at least two decent point guards. So it's kind of hard to say. Like, I don't think he could go to the Minnesota Timberwolves and take over uh, Jeff Teague's position and you know, mesh with Carl Anthony and Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler. Like, it just wouldn't work. See, that's why I think this is the argument for Memphis, for Isaiah, is that you you know his role coming in. You are second behind Mike Conley. They have that established all-star. Whereas, like, Atlanta wants to really be giving minutes to Trey Young. Really wants to be, uh, and a whole bunch of these teams with all these point guards in the league right now, want to be developing their guy and they don't really want Isaiah sucking up a bunch of minutes and then being Isaiah's show where Memphis, he can come in. There's a culture kind of similar to the Boston culture. Um, and he knows coming in, I'm signing here to back up Mike Conley. And when I get minutes with the B squad, I can do my thing. Um, and I think that's what a team like Memphis in that small market where you get into the playoffs is is a really big achievement and something that you should be fighting for, um, especially with Marcus Gasol still there and, and showing he wants to be there. I think that's a move that can keep them relevant in the Western Conference um, and keep Isaiah Thomas's career relevant, and, and maybe he finds a second life. Um, I mean, he's not young. He seems like he just kind of blew up in the last year or two, but kind of feels like that's where he's headed, where he can be the second unit guy. Um, I hope. I would love to see Memphis still be good. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> that's fair. I, I think he, like, if Isaiah Thomas does go to Memphis, Memphis, he could really, like, bring back some energy to that grit and grind because um, he's – He's, he's a guy that just likes to get down and dirty and get to the lane and get to the free throw line. And um, I think he definitely would help fit that Memphis mold. Um, and you're right about that point about getting Trey Young as many minutes as possible. If I'm a team that, you know, has been a little bit lower in the into the lottery the past couple of years, then I want to run my team like, like the Phoenix Suns. Like, I, I just want to trot... Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I just want them out there and Josh Jackson be out there consistently for, you know, 40 minutes a night. <laughs> just, yeah. just have them getting NBA minutes and experience. And yeah, that 
if you brought in a a veteran to take minutes away from Devin Booker, that's not what you want. I'm not saying Trey Young's Devin Booker because I'm really low on Trey Young, but that's yeah, that's the formula you want. You want you know you want a Jason Tatum situation where he is getting super valuable minutes. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think teams like Atlanta, the Knicks to a certain extent, the Bulls, um, are teams that through the draft process are, are really telling us telling the league we're in this for the next four year rebuild. Um, and I, I just don't think Isaiah Thomas fits into those plans. Yeah. I mean, cause you're not winning a lot of teams. You should be comfortable with saying we're not winning this year. We're not winning next year. We're probably if Kevin Durant reups with the warriors, not winning three years from now. So it's, it's all complex. Um, Marcus Smart sounds like he's staying in Boston. Um, I think that's a good move for Boston. I, I think he adds a lot to the culture there. Um, he is somebody, I mean, once they have Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving back playing significant minutes, that's that's just a super scary interchangeable lineup. Like Jalen Brown can play the four really well. Um Gordon, uh, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Kyrie, Marcus Smart, uh, Al Horford. Like they can, and they have one of the top three coaches in the NBA. Brad Stevens can do some really funky stuff with a full roster. Got a question for you for Boston. Do you, do you feel that we are underrating Boston or overrating Boston? So I feel like their value in the NBA's minds is off but i can't quite tell which way it's off like are they going to be scary good and we're underrating how scary good they're going to be or are we overrating that tatum and brown are set to become stars and tatum's the next all-star untradeable and i can't tell i I just feel like something's off so with jason tatum there's definitely some worry of a sophomore slump um so I think it all depends on if he decides to you know, either take the next step, or I think they'll be even fine if he stays just as good as he is now and, you know, waits till year three to make even another leap. But somehow I think we're underrating the Boston Celtics. Um, everybody's talking about the East being super weak, but I think the, the Celtics could very well contend if they were in the West. And I think, you know, if, if everything breaks right for the Celtics, you never know what can break wrong for the Warriors because they've, I mean, other than Andre Iguodala, they've had exceptional um, health over the past couple of years with winning these um, finals or going to the finals and winning these finals. I, I don't know. I think with with Kyrie, with Gordon Hayward, who was an all-star before he got hurt, um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is deadly. Al Horford is an all-star and an all-pro. And Brad Stevens, we can't under underscore how good Brad Stevens is. Like, if you take Steve Kerr off the Warriors, Steve Kerr's a good coach, don't get me wrong, but we already saw what happened when you take Steve Kerr away from the Warriors. The Warriors are fine. With Brad Stevens, I think if you take him away from the Celtics, it's one of those instances where the team just might implode. Like if the team lost Kyrie and Brad Stevens, I think they'd be significantly worse off than they were without Gordon Hayward. Um, 
So yeah, I can't underscore that. I think somehow we're underrating the Celtics. Okay. All right. Heard it here first. Celtics are going to be the Eastern Conference champions and dethrone the Warriors. It, if it's Warriors Celtics, I think I might put my money on the Celtics, just Ooh. for for the sake of youth, for the sake of their coaching, for the sake of them not being to five finals in a row as a team. I, I don't know. I I give them a significantly better chance than this past year's Cavaliers. They might even be better than the 2016 Cavaliers. Or 2017. Yeah, the year before last. No, last year. <laughs> One of those. One of those last five or four One finals. One of those. Um, yeah, uh, Jabari Parker. We kind of already talked about him with the Bucks. I want the Bucks to keep him, but whatever. <laughs> um, Can we get into my favorite signing of the offseason? Yes. Let's talk I, favorite signings. I'm going to jump right in here with my favorite one of the offseason. It's Dante X. I can't quit you, Dante. Three years, $33 million re-signing in Utah. I think that's a win-win right there. Dante Exum, 6'6", guard, kind of point guard, kind of doesn't always have that that three-point shot. That's okay. Here's my fun fact that I saw on Twitter uh, for Dante Exum. Only two players in the NBA this last season had a higher usage, assist percentage, and true shooting percentage than Dante Exum did, and those two players were James Harden and Damian Lillard. Dante Exum is about to turn up in Utah with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I like, I think we're underrating Utah, and, and I think that's mostly uh, relying on Dante Exum to, uh, to take that leap that I've been hoping for. He's the best player to come out of Australia since. Oh, wait, Ben Simmons is from there too. Dang it. You know what? That Australian national team, they're going to be real good. I love Dante. That is a fantastic stat. Um, Dante Exum is, he's got to be pretty, pretty pumped to be back with Utah. So I think there was, he, I mean, didn't he have some injury issues? He um, did, yeah. So I, I feel like that kind of slowed his progress. Here's a great stat that I found while searching the interwebs. Um, Dante Exum is only 22 years old. So awesome. Sign me up. It's time. Unleash it. I mean, he essentially came into the league when he was like 18. Um, if I remember that correctly, he was like the oh man. I feel like he was the the youngest player in the draft when he came out. That sounds right. Some it, something like that. Like he was young, and he's still super young. Like um, only 22 years old. Um, has some injury issues. He's still a six six. Uh, I guess point guard slash wing player. Um, I don't know. I still believe in in Dante Exum. I I don't. You can't give up on him yet. I haven't given up on Andrew Wiggins yet somehow, and I haven't given up on Jabari Parker either. So uh, maybe take that with a grain of salt. But you're right. I'm not giving up on Dante Exum yet either. I think Utah's going to be must watch TV this year with with Mitchell being a star in, in every single way. It seems like. Exum, I think, is making that leap right now. Uh, Gobert, still there, still dominating 
Rubio is still super fun. Derek Babers uh, re-signed as well, I believe, and, and Joe Ingles. Um, they got some pieces, and, and Grayson Allen's been putting on some some shows with some backdoor cuts in the summer league as well. Um, I might be staying up a little late to tune into that first half of Utah games this year. Yeah, I mean, they scrapped to make the playoffs last year, and um, they were in some cases projected as like the first team out of the playoffs since they lost Gordon Hayward, but they made the playoffs no problem. And I really think they only get better um, and build off of what they had from last year. Yes. Ready for my second favorite signing? Yes. Bring it on. It's the Washington wizard signing Jeff Green for one year at the minimum. Oh, man. I thought you were going to say Dwight Howard. Oh no, no, no. That's my third favorite. No. Um, Jeff Green. Is it because Jeff Green's from the DMV? That, but also, like, they needed another forward. I mean, I love Otto Porter. I think he might get traded, though. But wasn't Jeff Green the second best player in the the Eastern Conference Finals champion team (laughs) last year? (laughs) And they got him on a minimum deal. Uh, I just think it's a a win-win uh, for both sides, Jeff Green coming back home. He got that storyline. Not a big contract for the Wizards to just to be able to move some other items around. And he's a productive player uh, on a team that hopefully can scrap a lot of baggage from last year and the year before and the year before and, well, forever. Uh, but Wizards, John Wall, Beal, uh, Otto, Jeff Green, I, I think... I think they might be sneakily the same four, five, six seed that they've always been, but I do think that they can make a challenge in the playoffs. John Wall stays in shape. Come on, John Wall, you can do it. Bradley Beal, he's been healthy. Uh, that's always been the knock on him, but he's been healthy. Um, I'm excited about the Wizards this year. Yeah, I mean, if you can see, I I like Otto Porter Jr. too, but. I never thought he was really that great of a small ball four. Um, whereas I think Jeff Green better fits that mold because I think Jeff Green, um, I guess, maybe has a little bit more experience with that. And I mean, Otto Porter Jr. only got good like a year ago. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and another thing you can't count out is just signing him for the vet minimum. Like, you're not hurting anything and might suck for team chemistry if he isn't good. But I mean, very super tradable contract in that case. So yeah. Ready for yeah. my number three? Yes. It's the Marcus Cousins. Sorry guys. Um Ah, full circle because that was the last free agent that I was gonna talk about before. <laughs> the Marcus one year, what, $5.4 million. It's a great signing. Uh, he doesn't fit. True. He's hurt. True. He's an all-star. Maybe the best center in the league last year when he was healthy. Yes. But Quinny's not healthy. Okay. The average recovery time for Achilles tears, 9.8 months. That puts him at maybe a starter on opening day. But he's really big. Well, guess what? 
that 9.8 months, uh, it doesn't really matter how big you are actually for Achilles tears. Um, there's no data backing that up. So Demarcus, we'll see you opening day. Just kidding. You can take your time because you don't have to rush back. But I'm, I'm optimistic that Demarcus Cousins will be healthy and practicing and contributing, even if it's in small minutes earlier than we think. Um, and if he isn't, that's a win as well. Like, it's a win if you give him 10 minutes right away. It's a win if you put him on the bench until after the All-Star break. That's a great signing. And, oh, my gosh. See, if I any other team picked up the phone, come on. I heard January. Yeah, I think that's the plan. But, in all honesty, like, he, the human body can recover from this uh, quicker than that time frame. But I, I can totally see the words just holding him out just because. Yeah, you got to ask Kobe if he ever recovered. Kobe was also like 40 years old, though. Yeah, but Kobe's not 280 pounds. Do you think Kobe could play right now? No, have you I seen Kobe? He totally let himself go. I think... I mean, he could probably... Too, he could play and probably, probably be still get the starting... He could probably be the starting two-guard on Milwaukee Bucks, just saying. But... <laughs> Hey, Kobe, you want to come back? Um, are you ready for my Boogie Cousins rant? One note on Kobe first. Play some, like, poetic music. Kobe, if you're out there listening. I know you've been talking to Giannis. I know you have. You challenged Giannis to be an MVP this year. I saw that. Giannis is picking up that mantle. It's going to be great. You were in Milwaukee too. Students. All right, go ahead. Boogie rant. Mamba mentality. Okay, so <laughs> here's my boogie rant on it's twofold. It is one, I agree. This is a good signing for the Warriors, and I'll get to that. But two, <laughs> let's not act like the, this makes the Warriors the monsters from Space Jam because it is not a signed, sealed, and delivered fact that Boogie Cousins is even going to be the same player he was before this injury, even the same player he was in New Orleans or the same world-eating center he was when he was playing with the Kings, putting up stats on a bad team. There's no guarantee from that. Achilles injuries are a lot more rough for NBA players than they are um, if you're talking about maybe an ACL injury and... um, I'm a little bit worried about Liz Frank injuries as well, but Achilles are the ones that really scare me. Maybe it's uh, cringeworthy. You ever imagine popping your Achilles? Uh, freaks me out. Um, there's no guarantee that he comes back the same player he is this year. It may take him a year or so after that to get back to old form, but that doesn't mean he's going to be playing with the Warriors because he's playing to get a max contract. Um and if he doesn't come back until January, there's no guaranteeing that he even fits in with the Warriors. Um, he is a semi-ball dominant uh, center. Uh, can't say I've seen Boogie be part of the uh, the pass-first Warriors offense where everybody eats. Uh, Boogie's going to want to get his buckets because, again, he is playing for a contract. He wants his stats. Um I'm kind of sort of waiting for Draymond and Boogie Cousins to get into it uh, because guess what? Just because Boogie signed with the Warriors does not mean he's not an angry hothead on the NBA basketball court. 
So that's another point right there. And again, if Boogie does come back, if he's fine with the Achilles injury, that doesn't mean he doesn't completely change the face of the Golden State Warriors offense. It could mess with the chemistry, could mess with the ball movement. It could jumble up a whole different things that other teams at the right time could pounce on, and that time could be in the playoffs. So we can't sit here and freak out because the Warriors got Boogie Cousins and act like it's all over. That being said, I feel like Boogie didn't get any calls because people were worried about that Achilles injury, but the one team, the one team that could take a gamble like this is the Golden State Warriors because it's a win-win. If A, Boogie comes back, he's great, he helps them win another championship, then boom, their front office looks like a genius again. Or B, he doesn't come back. He's not the same. Guess what? They rolled the dice. They're still a super fucking awesome team without Boogie Cousins on the floor. It doesn't even matter. They tried. Whatever. They're the only team in the league that could have tried this and taken the gamble, taking the risk. So, yes, great signing for one year. Um, If Boogie's great, great. If he's not, the Warriors are still the fucking Warriors. End of rant. I gotta, I gotta step up for Boogie here, because I don't want him to block me on Twitter. Not that he cares, but no, I still like Boogie. I still yeah, acting like Boogie's like thirty-two years old. I feel that Boogie's twenty-seven, and let's just take a look at Dominique Wilkins in nineteen ninety-two, oh. tearing uh, an Achilles. Uh, he went from 26 points per game to 25 points per game. His rebounds went from 6.9 to 6.8. Uh, I think it's totally doable that Boogie – oh, he was 32 when he got hurt as well. Um, I think it's totally doable that we are underestimating uh, Boogie Cousins here. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the Monstars. I think we should freak out. And him and Draymond are going to be best friends. I. I, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. It's just for a, he's 27 years old, I know, but just oh, Dominique Wilkins was a small forward for a guy of Boogie Cousins size. But that was 1992. I know, but Achilles are still built the same as they were in 92. <laughs> and I'm. Yeah, but our rehab is not. Like, that's 26 years ago. I just. Anything in the foot area for really, really big human beings, I just worry about. And, you know, it doesn't matter what what uh, year it is, what decade. I, I'm just a little hesitant and worried. Um, and I'm not saying he doesn't come back ever at the same level he was. I'm just saying that the recovery timetable, I mean, we saw this with Paul George breaking his leg. We might see that this year with um, Gordon, An- or Gordon Hayward snapping his ankle into two that even though they are healed, that doesn't mean they're coming back as the same player right away. It could take them, you know, several months after that to kind of get comfortable being the same player, you know, maybe work through some soreness, finish up rehabbing, that sort of thing. But Boogie doesn't have to mend bone back together. It's just a muscle. I think... Sew that back on, strengthen it back up, I, I think... I, I think, think we men- should put a beer bed on this. I think mending like muscle and ligament is a lot harder than bone.
I can't hear you. Are you on mute? No, I was just saying anything. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, yeah, that's okay. We can differ on Boogie. I hope I am right because I don't want the Warriors to win another <laughs> championship. But, you know, to each his own. Um, any any last free agent words? I think we covered all that I wanted to. I want to um, go over some NBA rookies now that Summer League is wrapping up. But that I can talk about that for a whole other podcast. I have like 10 rookies that I'm just enamored with. Uh, just really quickly, uh, underrated signing for me, Glenn Robinson, three years, $8.3 million. Yeah, three years, eight point three million dollars for Glenn Robinson, the third ever He's not an all-star. Uh, headed to Detroit. I think that's a solid signing for them. Um, Detroit's going to make the playoffs this year. Nice. Um, I guess quickly, one of my favorite signings, um, as somebody in a fantasy basketball league, a dynasty league that we just recently started last year, um, Trevor Ariza going to the Phoenix Suns, not because I feel like he's going to take minutes away from Josh Jackson, who is the guy that I own, the one I'm referring to, but I think Trevor Ariza is just a a smart, good player who knows how to play the wing, and I think Trevor or Josh Jackson, you know, having that sort of veteran presence and tutelage at that very same position is just gonna do nothing but wonders for him and and jackson can play the two or the three so um i guess that's what i'm excited for from a development standpoint absolutely i i, I agree i like trevor so um it's a really big contract they have money to spend though go get your money um i got no problem with that one goodbye yeah um awesome well where can we find you quinn uh, you can find me on Twitter, liking things, retweeting things, uh, at hello, Winnie. Um, and uh, you can also find me at the Washington Mystics games uh, coming up here. Getting some tickets ready to see them take over the Eastern Conference of the WNBA, one seed. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and you can, you know, find me um, on the Twitters at Jordan underscore Smith. Um, you can find my writing at faketeams.com or um, acmepackingcompany.com or listen to me on the RB1 colon fantasy football podcast through faketeams.com. Um, I've been your host, Jordan Smith. Thank you, Quinn Kaiser, for joining me. Peace out, Hoops Heads.